Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I'm your host, and I'm excited to welcome as my guest today, Lynette Hoy. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Lynette. For nearly 30 years, publicity strategist Lynette Hoy has practiced public relations in different capacities, including founding her firm Fire Talker PR 12 years ago. The fire chief first worked in corporate America for companies including the National Institutes of Health, the famous Tums brand, and Warner Brothers to put their products, services, and events on the map. Now, Lynette helps speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, and other small businesses get seen and be heard. How to helps them learn how to rise above the competition and increase their profitability by becoming the local or international go-to expert the media wants to interview. Her clients have been featured in Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine, been seen on PBS, NPR, CNN, MSNBC, on multiple podcasts, and many more. Welcome, Lynette Hoy, to the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Thank you, Brad. I'm excited to be here. I've been looking forward to it. Well, I'm excited to have you as a guest, Lynette, because one of the things we certainly have not talked about a whole lot on this particular show is publicity and PR and how important it is for speakers. And we, I will want to dive into that a little bit as we get going here. But first, I want to learn a little bit more about you and your speaking journey. So how, you know, you you did corporate PR for a long time. When you first founded your own firm, was that your first foray into the whole speaking arena when you were doing it for yourself or were you doing it previous to that? And why did you decide you needed to get into it? Well, previously, I was very involved with speaking as well in the corporate arena and senior and uh, director positions, I was always uh, presenting my CEOs and that required a lot of planning and being able to truly make them shine through me as well as a lot of training and a lot of speaking for local chambers and rotary clubs, all of that was really required of me in representing the firms I worked for and you know, to help people move forward. And in terms of getting to know who we were, 
or our products, you know, lots of presentations. Like when I worked with Warner Brothers, you know, we were partnering with them on uh, different uh, gaming platforms. And I had to be able to really show up and sell our products to 100 people in the room. And it was really exciting. I, I've just always loved public speaking. And so when I started Fire Talker PR, uh, which is a great story too, I really jumped into that speaking piece because it always falls to that audience of, you know, if you're going to sell, for example, wouldn't it be wonderful, isn't it wonderful to do so in front of 100 people uh, in a you know, logical fashion versus just one-on-one. -on -one. So it certainly helped me grow my business faster to get in front of, again, those local organizations to spread the word. So it was really a dynamic piece and uh, continues to be in business growth. All right. So now you've teased us, Lynette, and you talked about your Fire Talker PR story. So now you must tell the story. Well, I was, uh, I came by, I was living in Hawaii for five years and I had a little consulting firm there as well. And I came back uh, to the mainland, as they call it, in 2007, smack in the Great Recession. And I had a wonderful job with a travel organization as a PR director. Two weeks later, they went out of business. Uh, so I was really bummed out about that. And I decided, okay, I'm going to do contract work until I find that you know, next wonderful corporate position. Well, I was at a client's event uh, that we had worked hard to showcase and grow. And I was a part of it, you know, the whole weekend as well. I worked that with her. And at the end of that weekend, after getting to know so many amazing women, I kept being told, Lynette, you need to just start your own business. And I had also invite, invited one of my mentors who said the same thing. So I really took that as a sign. I felt it in my heart. And uh, when everybody was going around the room asking for takeaways, uh, that was mine. I said, okay, everybody, I'm doing it. I'm starting my own business. And they were all clapping for me. And it was a really exciting time. And it was interesting because what I tell people today about getting visible online, you know, one of those big first steps, which is really important and includes a lot of different elements. Uh, I experienced that up and down that I talk about. And, and because my business at the time was based on referrals, I was flying. And then after a year or so, it slowed down a bit. And I thought, okay, I need to practice what I'm preaching. So it was really exciting to see those elements come together and to see my business begin to flourish. And it really helped me in terms of being able to talk to others, you know, speakers, authors, and other small business people to really help lift them as I climbed. So obviously you've done a lot of what I would call business building speaking, where you're speaking on behalf of your firm hoping that eventually they'll have a need for what you offer and, and you'll be the recognized expert because you're the one that came out and spoke to their group or whatever. I know you've also sold at live events, you know, sold from the platform type speaking. 
Have you done any keynote speaking in your speaking career? And of those three types of speaking, keynote, platform selling, and the business building, which is your preferred model? My preferred model, uh, well, first, I have done keynote speaking. My sweet spot is in training and working with others to bring their careers where they wish to be. I did more uh, keynote speaking, of course, before COVID, and I I zoned in (laughs) on the things that it takes to be a leader today. And I based it upon uh, primary research that I did. I interviewed over 200 CEOs between mid-2019 and then all of a sudden here comes 2020. And I learned a lot about leadership in terms of what we're not doing that we should be doing in retaining clients. And all of that became not only retaining clients, but retaining employees. And all of that really came to the forefront with COVID. So the big word that I kept hearing throughout my primary research was trust. There was not trust between those leaders and their employees working from home. Well, this element of trust had been out there long before COVID and it just spiked. So I came up with a platform called PR with Heart, which is an acronym and I won't go into all of that, but that became a really nice platform for me and really helping others. Because at the end of the day, between the different platforms that you mentioned, where I can come together and really help other people grow, whether it's personally or professionally, and that lands for me in that sweet spot of training in a uh, environment where I can really help people get to the nuts and bolts of what's going to help them grow. So really pushing beyond the sales piece, my love is truly coming from my heart and being able to really bring people to that next level. You know, if you're a speaker, it's extremely important to be known out there and not just known as a great speaker. That's wonderful. But when you have interviews behind you and you're building credibility on steroids through being interviewed by the media and other things involved in that process, it's life-changing. And when I get to see people go through that, with my help, it's, I can't tell you the joy it brings me. So you're one of several guests recently, Lynette, who who has mentioned that they view themselves in a sense more as a trainer than as a speaker, although they do speaking. So in your opinion, what makes for a good trainer and a successful training experience for the students? The big thing, in my mind, in my heart, in my experience, is to take people through a process. It becomes really difficult for people to grasp what's going on if you're jumping around or if you spend too little time 
on different concepts. And that seems to be something I see a lot of. You know, people want to sell their programs. They want to bring people into their circle and grow them. And so they hit very gently, very lightly on several topics with the goal of closing them into their program. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a disservice. We're not here to just sell someone something. I mean, that's great if it happens at the end of the day, but it's so deeply important to remember that you're a person first and the people that you're training are people first and meeting them where they are connecting with them and truly teaching them in the moment what they can be doing to move themselves forward gives them a great feeling of trust with you, but also they begin to trust themselves because within that training format, if you are literally having people do things in that moment, it lifts them up. And that's really what people are looking for in training, not only to be able to put certain things to work for themselves and increase in visibility in a myriad of ways, but to feel good about themselves when the call is through because they're, they've actually learned something that they've put into practice in the moment. So whether you're functioning as a trainer or as a speaker, how do you determine when enough is enough and not over teach or, or try to cram too much into a, a training session or a speech? <laughs> I have done both of those things. I've definitely overtaught. I've uh, I get excited. I'm very passionate about what I do. And uh, I have made that mistake. And I am really glad that I have. And I think good training, uh, mentoring truly comes along with being a good speaker because to be able to present and uh, not just be the teacher at the chalkboard, but you're also speaking throughout that and motivating and inspiring. And it has to be a nice mix. So if you're just the teacher at the chalkboard, you're in trouble. That's number one. Number two is to really keep an eye on your audience. How are they feeling? Ask questions along the way. Uh, if they're if they have something that's unclear, if you ask for questions, how is this resonating with everyone? And you meet deer in the headlights, and no one is really responding, then you know you're in trouble. You're in a position of uh, over teaching. Uh, confusing them. And to me, that means back up a little bit and whatever you just finished, maybe it's uh, two modules, take things from those two modules and expand on them a little bit more. Now that may mean that you lose part of what you have planned, but the goal is to make them feel good about themselves, to trust themselves and trust you, like I was saying. So that is the danger, is moving past the deer in the headlights, not paying attention when people don't respond at all. And, and that's a really good way to avoid that saturation level. So how do you know 
when you've been successful? When smiles appear, people are nodding, they're raising their hands, they have questions. And people that are off camera, and of course, I'm talking about uh, online presentation right now. If more people are coming on camera when you ask and you're asking people to engage and maybe you have little breaks where you do a, a, a prize drawing, things like this, people pop back in and it gives you the opportunity to say, hey, so-and-so, glad you're here. Tell us where you're from. I mean, just engage in conversation. And that's a, a big part of it. And the same applies when you're in person. In fact, it's much easier when you're in person. Uh, someone can't, right? Someone can't turn off their camera <laughs> when, you're, when you're teaching in person, when you're speaking in person. So it's a wonderful thing to be able to bring those people back in to the room, so to speak. Well, fantastic input, Lynette. And I do have a couple other questions I want to ask you, but before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on Speaking Show and my guest, Lynette Hoy. So one of my favorite questions I always ask my guest, Lynette, and if you listen to a few episodes, you know what this question, what's coming at you? So... You've been a speaker for a number of years. I'm sure somewhere along the way you made a mistake that was embarrassing at the time, but you learned a valuable lesson. So bear your soul a little bit here and share that mistake so that others can learn from your experience. There's two, actually. One's really quick. Uh, the first is make sure there are no cords like mic lines or anything like that on the floor in front of you and make sure you know where the edge if you're on a stage having tape there something alerting you to where the stage is one time not only did I trip on my cords and fell to my knees I got back up and less than 60 seconds later, I fell off the stage <laughs> because I was talking away and I went too far and didn't keep an eye on where I was. And it was about a foot and I fell right off that stage, smack onto my face. So that was uh, very humbling, most certainly. And going, the going, for the, going for the sympathy vote that day, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, lots of people loved it after that, right? And the other big uh, mistake was not being prepared enough and getting scared. So as I'm speaking and going through my slides, which of course you don't you don't read your slides and you know, exciting people in the midst of it, 
I got stuck and, and not being as intensely involved with my material enough so that I could pivot. And it was extremely embarrassing, not only for me, but for the audience when I'm stumbling and trying to find out where I was. And you instantly lose trust, especially mm -hmm. if you're an established speaker in terms of a particular group, like let's say for the Rotary or your local chamber or whatever it is, where you have you know spoken several times. There's a little forgiveness there because mm -hmm. they've seen you do your thing. But regardless, not being able to shift, it's like acting. If you miss your lines, you can't stumble and starve to try to figure out where you're going. But if you know your material enough, then that doesn't happen. You can pivot easily and bring yourself back around. So that's something that I really learned the hard way in assuming that I knew everything that I was going to speak on. I had it all laid out, all of it. Now, had I have been more prepared, more uh, settled by not, I didn't take that time for myself to close my eyes and center myself either. So coming on to the stage, I also lost a little bit of the audience right away because I didn't take the time to connect because I personally, I wasn't fully there either. So that's sort of a long answer, but they all fit together. All right. So continuing in the vein of mistakes, let, let's dive into your sweet spot a little bit more, obviously publicity and PR, and talk about maybe three of the biggest mistakes you see speakers make in terms of doing their PR or their publicity. Number one, most definitely is when there is a speaking engagement uh, that's been scheduled and uh, they know six months, a year ahead of time to not announce that you're speaking at, at this particular engagement, whether you're doing a breakout or a keynote, et cetera, and not telling the word, world about it is crushing especially when you're going to have a wonderful audience in attendance, it's at a conference and the people holding the conference have already started promoting. So if you aren't using the artwork given to you, if you know, you're not putting together your own sound bites and putting it out there, then you're really losing so much in terms of you know, growing no like and trust and boosting your credibility. And the other piece is the visibility component. If speakers do not have a good presence online, that can also really work against them. And what I mean is something as simple as having your LinkedIn profile up to date, having a great profile picture that's across platforms. And this may seem very uh you know, simple and elementary to a lot of people, but I'm really stunned at how many really wonderful speakers 
don't have the consistency within their social platforms Mm -hmm. and the professionalism that they deeply need. If they're getting ready to speak, for example, on a professional level, uh, you know, months out, I would be doing it every four to six weeks. I'd be doing a, a live video talking about the event, what I'll be talking about, why it's important, why they should care, short, you know, 30, 45 seconds, and doing that on a consistent basis, even sharing little sound bites about what you're going to share. You know, showcase your excitement. Sure. And you also be a hero in the in the eyes of the event promoter if you're helping them get people into their event. So yeah, it's really, really important. And when I call it too big for your britches. When speakers come to the table and they feel that, especially if they're not being paid, which I understand, but it's just the way the world rolls, they feel that they shouldn't have to do any promotion. And that's absolutely wrong. And uh, the only person they're really hurting at the end of the day is themselves. So, Linda, I want to give you a couple of minutes now to tell people a little bit more about what it is specifically that you do and how they can get involved in your world if they would like to. Well, I, my sweet spot, what I absolutely love to do more than anything else is work with people one-on-one or in groups to help them truly leverage this amazing thing called the internet to rise themselves, to to lift themselves up so that when people search for them, that they're all over the, you know, the top of the, you know, the above the fold, as they say, and that there are several different places that they can be seen and heard. So I'd love to go through and teach people all the things that are necessary to truly showcase yourself. And this is as simple as business listings, which people don't realize how much being on several different business listings truly brings you to the top of the page over time. And the other thing is writing, how important it is to write and showcase yourself, build your credibility. The whole thing is when you set that stage that takes a little while to happen, it's so important to be committed to it because once you're there and you're doing more outreach and the media, let's say you've pitched a press release. I teach about that as well and how to do it and when to do it. And the media comes looking for you because they like your story and they will research you. This is a part of growing that visibility piece Mm -hmm. and they can't find you next Next, because they don't have time, whether they like your story or not, they don't have time to dig you up. So it's so deeply important to consistently be playing with your platforms, feeding your Google business page, constantly planting those seeds and growing. So my events, many of which I do online, all involve teaching primarily right now. That's really my sweet spot. 
because I get the luxury, the gift of watching my clients truly rise above their competition because they're showing up in a way that others aren't in a way that people are not willing to do. I've got a great business going. I I truly want to uh, move forward and, and I'm doing great with that. My business is, you know, to me, that is a mindset that is eventually going to turn into poison because those dips that we go through on a business run by referrals alone are quite deep. I mean, they, they do this, but when you're consistently being visible, when you're getting interviewed, whether it's a, a podcast, uh, which you always need to mix everything together, whether you're being quoted in Entrepreneur Magazine, or you get picked up in a myriad of other ways and truly positioning you as the expert, then those dips are this big. And it's very easy to climb up because you've got so much clout behind you, you know, being featured in the media in a myriad of different types of media that could be radio, television, you know, print online and off, you know, very influential bloggers or lots of different things that we can go after. It doesn't have to be good morning America. And in fact, often that doesn't always help us depending on our target market being on Good Morning America may not help you at all. So knowing all of these things, how to go after them is what I love to bring to the table. So throughout my career, I have learned so many ways to make this happen. And it's ironic to me that you know, pushing 30 years ago, several things that I worked on that I helped you know, others within my corporate experience rise, helping them are still being used today very successfully, only perhaps with a few tweaks here and there. So it's truly a joy. Now I work one-on-one, -on -one, but I also do group sessions to you know, bring people together and learn in a cost-effective manner on December 7th and 8th. It'll be from 9 to 10.30 Pacific time each day. And it's called Ignite Your Visibility and Profitability Challenge. So I would love to see you all there and have you learn what it takes to make those changes and go after those things that I just spoke about. All right, so we've been talking about being found, Lynette. So where do people find out more details on this workshop you mentioned and also your, your business in general? Well, my website is firetalkerpr.com and people can always reach out to me via email at lynette at firetalkerpr.com and the website for the event is IgniteYourVisibilityAndProfitability.com. All right. Well, we'll make sure both of those appear in the show notes down below. But any final words of wisdom before we wrap it up today? Lynette? Oh, you froze up. Can you say that again? Any final words of wisdom before we wrap up this episode, Lynette? 
my final words of wisdom are to jump in to the discomfort of becoming visible and credible. All right. Well, outstanding. Well, I want to thank you so much, Lynette, for joining me today as my guest on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. As always, I thank all our listeners and watchers out there. If you haven't been to the website, spotlightonspeaking.com, by all means, hop over there and register with your favorite service to be notified of upcoming episodes. You also can find Spotlight Speaking on our YouTube channel. And if you haven't picked up your free report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business, catch that at brettridgeway.com. But as always, I wish you the greatest success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgeway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in and remember to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking Show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business. Okay.